Wow. I was so excited this week to kick off this new series, um, which is called The Walk of Faith, a Christian, the free Christian, carefree uh, um, walk of a Christian, the serendipitous walk of a Christian. And it is, we're going to get there, but the, the Holy Spirit pressed something on my heart um, over the last two, three days that we need to deal with because there's just so much confusion happening in the church at the moment regarding what's taking place in the Middle East. And um, I promise you, when we finished with today, you will know how to deal with any question as a Christian, how you should be approaching this thing as a Christian. I've been to a couple of meetings during the week. There's been people that have chosen sides. The church, I don't know if you're not sure about this, but if, you, if you've seen this, but I've watched on uh, all the, the um, social media, all the, the legacy media networks, people have chosen a side, and they've said, what has taken place, uh, um, it actually, the retaliation from Israel on the Palestine is okay. And Christians have chosen a side in a war. Family, this is not what we are called to do as the church. And because the church is so carnal, <clears throat> there's so many carnal Christians who don't read the Bible out there. They get swayed by their emotions. They get swayed by the rhetoric that's on television, that's on the radio. And they simply just go with their flesh and they choose a side because they know that through the instrumentality of the Jews, the church was brought about. And now what they've done is they just take a side with the Jews and they say, yes, what the Jews are doing, it's a, it's a fair and just retaliation for the terrorist attack. This is not right, guys. This is not right. Are you with me? We're going to take a little journey in history and we're going to have a look at how this thing all came about. And, and where we are today, and as a Christian, where should your heart be in this situation? We've had friends walk into Trisha's uh, business, sit down in the chair, and, yeah, this must happen, and they must wipe out everybody, and everybody should just be taken out because of this attack, and, you know, Israel belongs to the, to the Jews, and this and that, and, and we're sitting, we're listening, we're going, these are Christians, people that have been going to church for 20, 30 years. Do you not know the, the Word of God? And the reason why we need to speak about this is because if you do get caught up in this thing, your own heart will deceive you. Your own heart will become darkened. Your own heart will become hardened. Your own heart will start to uh, uh, capacitate hate. And let me tell you something. You will go and try and pray and you will get nowhere because your heart has been caught up in all this nonsense. We have to know who we are. We have to know what the Bible says about the Jews, about the Muslims, about all the religions, and especially about the body of Christ. Amen? Can you turn to the person next to you and say, you're not of this world, my friend? Amen? Amen? So we're going to take a little bit of a journey, quick history journey, and then Bash and I are going to just 
discuss this stuff because it is so important. And we don't want you guys to get caught up in this thing. You don't want your hearts to start breeding hate, taking sides, getting a party spirit. And the next moment, you'll see nothing in your life will function. We've got to keep our hearts pure. We've got to keep our hearts in love. Amen? Amen. So when we go back and we look at this, this is a family feud, just by the way. We are getting called up in the age-old family feud. Now, what happens is the Christians like to mention the blessing and the covenant that God has with the Jews, with Israel. But they tend to forget that God has a blessing and a covenant with Ishmael as well. Now, how many of you guys know that God called Abraham out of Mesopotamia, which is basically the original Iraq, Syria area? Abraham is not a Jew. Abraham is an Arab. Hello? Okay? God called him out of that area to start the nations of the Jews. Why? For one purpose. At that time, the Arabs were worshipping the moon. They were worshipping the stars. They were pagan at heart. Are you with me? Everybody with me? I'm not going to go fast here. We're going to take it slow. And Abraham, who's actually, his father was Nimrod's general in the army. Now, Nimrod is, as you know, one of the most evil antichrist that ever walked the face of the planet. Uh, historians call him the hunter of men's souls. This guy made it his business to try and get the word of God, the promise that came after the flood through Noah, that was carried through those ages, that the one in the garden who would come to crush the head of the serpent and his, foot, his heel would be bruised, Jesus, the savior of all mankind. All mankind. That was the gospel. Are you with me? The gospel in Genesis all the way through, through the flood, through all the stuff that these guys did, all the, 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 uh, the intercourse with the, the watchers and the angels and the hybrids that were walking on the planet. God wipes them out in the, in the flood. Then he starts from ground zero with Noah. Unfortunately, a couple of grandchildren, Nimrod, of, through the line of Shem, they, uh, um, is it through you? Cush, sorry. Anyway, through the line of Cush, what happens is, what does he do? He now starts to set up the Tower of Babel, the city of Babylon, declares that he is God, and pagan, uh, the, the whole society at that time are basically worshipping Nimrod out of fear, and their basis is paganism. But Abraham stands up and he says in his heart, he says, I want to know the God that created the moon and the stars. And the sun. And because he calls out from that place seeking truth, God reveals himself to him. God says to him, I am. I am the one. Are you with me? God says to him, and from you, because of your belief, because of your faith in me, because you looked for me, I will start a new people in you, in your seed. And from the seed of Father Abraham, we were supposed to get Jesus. Amen? That was the whole plan. Why? Why did God start a new nation out of an existing nation? 
Because the Bible says in Deuteronomy, he wanted to draw all the unbelievers to him. So he would build a nation with a certain group of people. He would show them his laws, his nature. He would show them how to build a society. He would give them all the justice they need in their courts, in, in, their, in, their, federal, in their federal stuff, their magistrate stuff, everything, how they deal with each other, how they deal with society. He would show them all of this, bring them out of that barbaric, paganistic mindset, bring them to a civilized, believing human being connected to the Creator. Are you with me? And he said by doing that, he would cause all the other nations to become jealous and they would become believers. And they would eventually become reborn in Christ. Hello? This is the story. This is, this is the way it goes, guys. Okay? So we can't lose track of the story. The story was always to save all men. Hello? Whether you're Chinese, Japanese, Blackanese, I don't care what you are. The original plan was that God would save all men through Jesus. Okay? So we can't lose track of this thing. So God starts the nation of Israel. He develops all this stuff, brings them to a very blessed, a very blessed place because now they actually are seeing God's nature. They're understanding what, what it means to treat each other to, uh, uh, in, within a society. They're building the family unit. They're building the society. Everything's working. And now... They're supposed to receive the Messiah. The Messiah comes and they reject him. Okay? So they reject him, unfortunately, because if they didn't reject him, Jesus would be reigning on his father throne, Father David's throne right now, and we would have the kingdom of God available to us. Are you with me? The physical kingdom. But they reject him, and God knew they would. That's why the prophets say they do. God knows all things, guys. So what does he do? King Jesus? I mean, that famous line that you love so much, just before he's about to get crucified, uh, Pilate asks him, but you say you're the king, the king of the Jews. Where's your kingdom? And he says, my kingdom is not of this world. So now we have Ishmael, who God named, God blessed if you've read the Bible, you will see that Hagar, the Egyptian maidservant of Abraham, actually runs into the desert and she cries out to the Lord because Sarah has dealt with her quite unjustly. And she asks God, what? What about the future of my son? What about the future? And God says, you will have a son. His name will be Ishmael. It means God hears. God named him. And then God says he'll be a, a wild donkey of a man. He will be at loggerheads with his own people and with all the people around him. And isn't that true today? Okay? There's always been unrest in the Middle East. Always. Okay? But God says that he will bless him with 12 princes. He will be the father of 12 princes. And those are the Arab nations that now develop from Ishmael. Are, are you guys with me? So, Ishmael is Isaac's Half-brother. He comes from the same father. Same father, different mother. A brother from another mother. Like we say here in the East End, you know? <laughs> so, you must understand, we're getting caught up in a family feud here, guys. A family feud that's got nothing to do with you. 
Hello? Why has it got nothing to do with us? Because we received the Messiah. We became a regenerated, reborn creation that never existed since Adam and Eve. Your spirit has been regenerated and made perfect. There is no one like you because the Holy Spirit now lives in you, in your heart. You are different to the Jews. You are different to the Arabs, the Muslims. You are different to every Gentile out there. Hello, are you with me? We are a holy nation called out from the nations to be set apart to be uh, uh, the government of God and the government of peace on this planet. In no way should we be taking sides over a land battle, over, a city of Jeru- over the city of Jerusalem, over the land of Israel. Do we not, are we so short-sighted? Do we not know what the Bible says? The Bible says there is an eternal Jerusalem, but it's not the one that's there now. The Bible says that we are not of this world, and there's coming a new Jerusalem that God himself will dress. And we should be looking forward to that city, not the city that's now standing in Jerusalem. Let me tell you something. That city that's standing in Jerusalem right now is by far not a righteous city. We're getting caught up in material immature, childish stuff. It's my land, your land. My land, mine. It's mine, it's mine. It's mine, it's mine. It's mine, it's mine. It's been like that for 4,000 years. Are you with me? And now because one of them commits an atrocity on the other, we're having the church go and say, it's fine for them to go in and bomb 750 buildings a night. We have the church saying it's okay to go and wipe out innocent people in Palestine. Not everybody in Palestine is, first of all, a Muslim. Do you know that there are Christians in Palestine? Hello? You can't choose a side, cis man. You've got to choose love. Our Jesus is the king of peace. Not one time did Jesus say, take a sword and go and, get, and, go and fight for, the, for, for land. No, he said, take a sword because when you go and you, and you create disciples from all the nations, you will get resistance. Protect yourself. Not, he's not a God of war. He's a God of peace. He's a God of love. Amen? So what we're saying is we're trying to justify one's actions for the other actions, and we're getting pulled into something that now all of a sudden the entire world is, is basically on the precipice of a war. We've got the Russians coming in with the Iranians. We've got the Afghanis saying they want to come through the Euphrates because it's dried up and they want to come through Iraq and Syria to wipe out the Jews. The Americans and the Brits are saying, we will give you all the weapons you need to wipe out Gaza. And we've got Christians on big networks sitting there going, it's justified. Guys, it's not justified. It's not just that, it's disgusting. It is disgusting that the church is falling into this trap. Are you with me, folks? We've got to understand something. We're not people of a certain mountains. 
of Moriah and Sinai and Zion. We're not. Jesus said to the, good, to, to the Samaritan woman, he said, there's coming a time where you will worship not on any mountain or any place, but you will worship in spirit and in truth. Because Jesus was talking about you and me, the people of God, the people of peace, the regenerated ones. Amen? We're not, a, we're not about this physical world. Hello? We've got to be careful. We're getting sucked in to an evil, fleshly, carnal battle. It's got nothing to do with us. You have one thing that God has called you to do as a Christian, and that is go and preach the gospel. Save the nations. Do you understand now why it's so important that you need to go and preach the gospel? Because you need to save the Muslims. You need to save the Jews. We need to give them the Prince of Peace. Amen? And the only place, the only time a man or a woman on this planet, in this body, can come to a place of peace is when they realize that they have, no, they have nothing here. They are not even a citizen of this place. The Scripture calls you a sojourner. Do you know what a sojourner is? Anyone know? See why you need to come to, Bible, to discipleship school. You need to learn this stuff, guys. You need to know this stuff. Because I'm telling you now, a lot of you have already been sucked into it. You haven't gone all the way, but you are thinking, who must, who must I fight for? Be honest. There's so much rhetoric out there, it's so easy to fall into it. He says you are a sojourner. He says that you're not a citizen of this, citizen of this place. You are a citizen of heaven. A sojourner is a pilgrim, somebody who's passing through. It speaks of some, a group of people, a type of person or type of people that sets up a tent, a temporary dwelling place while they work. What is, what is your work? You see, you're in a temporary dwelling place, this tent. You're not, so, you're not of this place. But while you're in this temporary dwelling place, your work is to declare the lordship of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, so that you can bring peace to all these confused, fleshly, religious people. Amen? That's what you're called to do. You see, to be a Christian, guys, is not a joke. It's not, a, it's not for sissies. All we pray about is our businesses and our money and our, and our stuff. But you don't even know that you own nothing. It all belongs to God. You're just a steward. You're just a manager of God's things. Do we really think we're not going to die? Are we so attached to this place that we've convinced ourselves it's so necessary to have all the stuff? Because we've so short-sighted. You're going to die. Hello? This body's going to die. You're going to go home. You're going to be with the Lord. But while you're here, you're supposed to show the people that are attached to the stuff how to get free from it. That's what you're called to do. On discipleship school in this church, we have a course called Rightly Dividing the Word. And rightly, if you've done that course, then you would not have got caught up in this nonsense. 
Because you've got to understand that there's three types of people on the planet, and when God looks down, he deals with them differently. There's a Gentile, there's a Jew, and then there is the church. They are not the same. We have no allegiance to the Jews. They are instruments that brought about our salvation. But they hate our Messiah. It's a fact. It's not that we, ha we are against them. We love them. Because our Messiah said, love your enemies. Our Messiah said, turn the cheek. Amen? So we, we're not against the Jews, but we're not with them. We are different to the Jews, family. You must understand that. Right? You're going to left behind. Are you, are you with me, guys? And we're obviously not of the Muslims because they don't receive Jesus as the Son of God, either they say he's a prophet. So we don't take sides. We stand on the truth. Amen? And we bring peace. The Bible says that we are called to be the peacemakers. Not the United Nations... We're not the United Nations, no. We are the holy nation. The United Nations couldn't keep peace if they tried. Because they have an agenda. Do you know at this moment, the, West, the Western world that's saying, go for it Israel, they are the ones supplying Israel with all their weapons. They're making billions. Billions. Go and wipe out all those people, go for it. We'll, we'll back you up. We'll give you all the bombs, all the planes, all the fuel, everything you need, because we've got shares. Got shares in, uh, what's it called again, the company? Lockheed Martin, the biggest, the biggest uh, um, arms dealer and manufacturer in the West. There's an agenda behind everything, guys. It's so easy as a Christian or a self-confessed Catholic, like President Joe Biden, now he will say, we're behind you and we're with you. And that meantime, just got exposed. He's got shares in Lockheed Martin. And then the Christians who don't know the Bible, who don't know who they are in Christ, don't know what their purpose is here on this earth, they sit and listen to someone like Joe Biden and they go, oh, yes, this guy's behind the Jews and he's a Catholic and he, he's a, sort of a Christian. I don't know. He's sort of a Christian. And he's... Uh, and he's taking a side. Maybe he's the leader. We should follow him. Come on. Where are we, guys? Where are we? Where are you in this? Ask yourself this question. Is your, are, are, are you playing church? Can you see here? We don't, we, can you see this is not about getting 5,000 people in the building? This is about getting solid disciples in God. And you've got to ask yourself, where are you in this book? What is your purpose? What are you doing daily? Is it just a religion like the Jews and the Muslims? Or is this thing real in your heart? Do you really stand for what this word says? Amen? It is, it is so disgusting that the church has chosen a side. And I can show you things, guys, because there's such an allegiance today. Do you know that the church is sending millions? I'm talking about the global church sends millions to Israel a month because they stand for the cause of Israel.
Because they relate themselves to the people of God. Now, they are the people of God. We've just told you that there is a, there is a, a covenant between the Jews and God. But there's a new covenant in Christ that they've rejected. Hello? Come on. Do you know that at this moment, if you want to fight for that place, do you know that today it is the LGBTQ headquarters of this planet? I'm not even joking. It really is. It really is. It's crazy. You don't understand. That's not, that's not the, the city of God that God's talking about when he says the righteous city of eternal Jerusalem. No ways. They are run by politicians. Politicians who have a selfish agenda. Are you with me? I mean, I'll tell you, the Christians are so crazy, guys. Do you know the kids that got gunned down at the, uh, at the music festival? They were dancing around a statue of Buddha at the rave. This is what the Christians, out of all the stuff, the Christians came and said that was God destroying them because they were, they were dancing around Buddha. The, the Christians, in the middle of all of this, now they're saying God's judging those guys because they were dancing around an idol of Buddha. Do you really think that's God? What God do you serve? What God have you pictured in your heart? You're making God out to be this monster. Why would he wipe out 260 kids at a concert because they were dancing by a statue of Buddha when he sent his own son on the cross to take the punishment for that sin 2,000 years ago? Do you not understand what the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about? Do you not understand what it means to be a Christian? I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the global church. Are you with me? Guys, we've got to understand this stuff. Can't play church like this, man. We've got to know who we are in Jesus. There's so much confusion. At the moment, there's so much hate brewing out there. It's crazy. Do you know the, the righteous city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, the one that me and you are supposed to be looking for, everyone who is reborn is supposed to be looking for, it speaks about the beauty of the city. It speaks about the righteous king who sits on the throne. It speaks about the tree of life that's found in the middle of the new Jerusalem, and it speaks of the 12 fruits that are on its branches, and it speaks of that... that actually bear, they, they continuously harvest every month. And then it speaks of the leaves that come off this tree of life that will heal all the nations. All the nations. The purpose of this thing through the Jews was for all people to be saved. Hello? Come on, we need to check. Sorry, ba Bash, say something, man. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> it's just not happening for you this morning. Number five. Oh, the number of grace. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, you know, I was I was thinking earlier this week in light of all of this. Have you seen all the comments? South Africa stands with Palestine. South Africa stands with Israel. 
It's like one person speaking for entire nations. I'm like, geez, bro, thanks for that. But you know, in actual fact, as a believer, this is our, our difficult thing is that many of us aren't ready for these kind of conversations. But it doesn't mean we have to be, you know what I'm saying? It's just that we need to understand that, you know, there are so many moving parts at play that's been going for thousands of years, but we've been given the one fixed position. Amen? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? And as believers, we've got to remember that, just like, like Pastor Dee said. I mean, you went into a lot of detail now, you know, about the history and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But guys, I'm telling you now, I, I love that, that, that thing about the, um, the, what the Christians were saying about the guys dancing around the Buddhist statue, right? Because it's true. I mean, I heard it earlier this year, you know, that um, something was happening in Cape Town. Was it a drought recently? Or were they struggling with rain or... Was it a few years back? No, the, yeah, the floods were most recent. A few years back was something else. Uh, drought, yeah. So you know what they said? What was the, the, the consensus amongst believers? Oh, yeah, God's punishing all the gay people. I'm like, bruh, really? Is that, is that how he's going to do it? And then the same people who said God's punishing all the gay people, they said, no, we're going to send water trucks. So I'm like, you don't like God's judgment? I, well, what's going on, you know? And, and as believers, this is the part where we actually get it wrong. Because um, those of you on the Telegram group, was it yesterday you sent that picture with the four squares? Yeah. Did you guys see that in the Telegram group? So 2020 was, they, they mesmerized us with the virus and the side effects of the virus, right? 2021, they mesmerized us with the jabby jabs, right? We saw all of that. Remember the thing, do it for your grandma. Do it for your grandma, you know? Think about your grandma, shame. Grandma, where's my grandma? Hello, Grandma. <laughs> um, and then 2021, no, 2022 was Ukraine, right? Ukraine didn't go down. 2023, it's now Israel. Are you with me? And how did they get you? What was the headline two days after this whole thing went down? Oh, no, they beheaded babies. What did everyone do? This happens every time. I don't know what's going on. I think what? I'm too heavy for this thing. Do you, know, do you know there wasn't much reaction in the beginning, but the minute the, the beheading babies headline came out, the entire world went crazy, right? You know, you know uh, um, even well-known personalities who are advocating for biblically-based right-wing philosophies and policies in society lost it. What did Jordan Peterson say? One word. He said... Give them hell, Netanyahu. I'm like, Jordan Peterson, my brother, you can say so many wonderful things, and in one line, you can destroy your entire, your entire reputation. You know, Ben Shapiro has got himself into such big trouble now. You guys know Ben Shapiro? I love listening to his debating. You know, he's, he's brilliant. But he's gotten himself into such trouble because he got so emotionally charged about this thing that he actually saw an AI-generated image of a dead body of a baby, right? And he went to town. He lost it. He even said every Palestinian citizen is a dog. They all deserve to die. Two days later, it comes out. It's now. It's not even a real picture. Now, Ben Shapiro, guys, one of the most prominent voices for, you know, conservative policies has now just shown that, listen, he's not as conservative as he believes he is. Are you guys with me? 
And this is where we as believers need to understand this is the, the, the freedom that we have in Christ. This is how it empowers us. Because, yes, we see the headline, babies are beheaded. Do something about it. What do you want me to do? Because you see, whether we say give the land to Palestine or give the land to Israel, that's not peace. Because the truth is, no government is good enough. Even if any one of us were in charge, no government's good enough because there's only one righteous king. And unless the two fighting brothers make a decision to say we submit to the king and we're going to listen to his wisdom to do it, there'll never be peace. Are you guys with me? Guys, without sounding like conspiracy theorists, you know, and all that stuff, there are things in the history of Israel that, that when you hear them, they will make your stomach turn. You will feel nauseous because you can't believe such grotesque things can happen in humanity. Yeah. I, just, I just want to say one thing quickly mm. about that. I will, show you, I will show you from different sides of the, of the fence, okay, where the Muslims... <clears throat> Now remember, we stand with Jesus, okay? The Muslims will speak of Jesus as a holy prophet. Yeah. They'll speak of him as a holy teacher. Do you guys with me? Okay, well, no, we know this. They even say, uh, you know, uh, prophet Jesus, peace be upon him. Peace be upon yeah. him, yeah. You know? I'll show you what the rabbis say about Jesus from, from Israel. They say that he is now in hell and burning in hot feces of every human being Let's walk the planet. But the church thinks they can take a side, they can choose a side. Yes, dude, I felt so much, I, I like felt so angry when you said that. Yo. I was like, <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. You see the brainwashing. You're not a part of this thing. You're this eternal child of Jesus. Amen. 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 And, and at this time, ladies and gentlemen, please, we implore you, please, 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 please understand that them making this between Israel and the Arab nations, they're turning this war into something that is no longer about territory or borders. They're making it about religion. Now you need to understand, the minute they make it about religion, this is a war of no borders. Are you guys with me? Look what's happening. Joburg, they're marching. Cape Town, they're marching. South Africa already, EFF. What's his name? Mulias. Julius Malema. What did he say? No. We're going to go to the, to the Israeli embassy and we're going to kick them out of this country. We're going to tell our people in, in Israel, in the South African embassy, leave, come back. We must show our allegiance. I'm like, listen here, but get your head out of wherever it is. Because the truth is, whatever solidarity you think you need to have, you're making no difference. Have, guys, we need to have the, the, the steadfastness to tell people, listen, don't come and cause conflict here about a war that isn't ours. You want to show solidarity. Sell your stuff, give all your money, help them. You want to show solidarity, get on a plane, go fight on the front lines. Don't come and irritate Auntie Susie on the corner there who doesn't even know what the heck's going on. She has to live her life. Are you guys with me? It's not our war. So as believers, we have a responsibility, guys. Is what's going on okay? Of course not. Of course not. The shedded blood of innocence is never, ever good. And we should always, always, always be very dismayed by it. Are you guys with me? Whether it's whichever side, I don't care, whatever the allegiance is. But as believers, we're called to be peacemakers. Amen? Amen. 
I mean, you know, you know, guys, what, what was done <clears throat> was an atrocity. Obviously, all the babies getting killed, the, the, the kids getting shot at the thing, the hostages were taken. And then... Cutting off the water. Yeah, th so the retaliation is, okay, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Now it's a case of there's two million people in a small little a densely populated area. They've cut off all the water. They've cut off all the electricity. Okay, there's no food coming in and out of that place, <clears throat> nothing. They've dropped, dropped pamphlets from airplanes telling the people you've got 24 hours to get out of the northern side because we're going to pulverize that place with bombs. And whoever's there, too bad. And Western news people are saying it's a deserved retaliation, deserved retaliation. Christians. You know, <clears throat> it's so crazy. I think it was Biden. You told me the other day. Biden. No, ba you told me. Yeah, Biden. <coughs> I wouldn't even listen to Biden. Trust me. But anyway, uh, Biden and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Obama made a claim, and it's on video. It's on tape. Apparently, they said that they could they they could make an Israel anywhere they wanted. They built the last one. They'll re they'll rebuild the next one. Do you know that Cecil John Rhodes actually earmarked Ghana to be the land of Israel? when he was, yeah, in Cape Town, one of the most evil people that ever walked on this planet. A raging homosexual who ran this country. He had a vision from Cape to Cairo. He did amazing things, yeah. He did amazing things for his vision, but he was one of the most evil occultists that ever walked this planet. And he earmarked Ghana where he was going to take all the Jews to Ghana. You see how these guys are playing God? You must understand there's a, there's a bunch of rich, deceitful, evil people that are plotting all, they're plotting the world chessboard the way they want. Why? Because they want money and they want power. And they want money and power for what? For their children's 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 children, not for yours. And now what they're doing is they're using their media mouthpiece to draw you into their thing, and you will actually support their cause. Did you know that Hitler could not throw one bomb, he could not declare anything on the Jews until the church agreed with him? I'll show you pictures of the Catholic Church with a cross and a Nazi flag together. The church, the evangelical church, gave Hitler his marching orders. Because he had convinced them that they were the ones that murdered the Savior. He built up a hate in them. And the church said, go slaughter them. It's history. Go learn it. Go check it out. But most of all, this is what you should be studying day and night. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. All this stuff has taken place in the past. It's taken place again. It's the same old evil moves. It's the same old evil agenda. It's about men, power. Are you with me? That's all it is. That's all it is. Let's just read some scriptures here. Because, I mean, let's go to Hebrews. The screen doesn't work. Eh? So you guys can go to Hebrews 13, 11, 13, sorry. And uh, read it till 16. And it says, yeah, speaking about the hall, of the hall of Faithers, you know, all the guys who pressed towards the, the land of Canaan, the promised land, okay, but they never got to see it. 
But just listen to what it says here. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but have seen them afar off, were assured, having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims to this earth. Hello? In their hearts, they knew they weren't going to get to the promised land, but in their hearts they knew that's not our place. We are citizens of heaven. Hello? Are you with me? For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a, a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. What is the city that they will eventually receive? It's the new Jerusalem. Hello? It's not this Jerusalem. It's the new one where Jesus sits and reigns on the throne. Philippians 3.20 to 21. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. What does the scripture say? Heaven is your home. Amen. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, Passerbars, pilgrims traveling through, okay? Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Right now, we're getting caught up in fleshly wars, lusts of the flesh. Right now, the church is getting dragged into this whole thing. And it says here, it says it, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Now more than ever, the Jews, the, the Hindus, the Hebrews, you weavers, they should be seeing the Prince of Peace in us. Right now, instead of taking sides, we should be declaring who is truly the King and His purposes. Be honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Do we have the screen? Wow. Let's read it. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. Okay, that's a totally different um, translation. You can give us New King James there, just so the guys can see it themselves. Very slow. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. That's your call, guys. Amen? Your call is not to pick, pick a side and start a fight. Your call is to be honorable amongst them. But how can we be if we don't read the Bible? How can we be if we don't know the call of God in our lives? Amen? 
We're going to slip into one of the two sides and we will never display the beauty of Jesus. Never. Are you guys with us? Do you understand why we had to do this? I know we, we put up an ad for the new serendipitous course uh, series. It's going to be amazing. We're going to show you effortless success through your faith. I mean, it's going to be so beautiful, this series we're about to start. But the problem is we needed to deal with this because there's mayhem out there at the moment. Amen? Amen. Anyone wants to add something? Anyone has something burning on their heart that you feel could edify us in this time? Oh, do you have a, let's hope that microphone's working this morning. Yes, Didi, very well put and very good timing. How can the church be attractive to a Muslim when they side with Israel? Because when you side with Israel, you're siding with the war. I don't understand. If you're a believer, how are we attractive to the world if we polarized? So if you're a Muslim and you're siding with Palestine or Gaza, how are you attractive to anyone else? But us as believers, we're supposed to be neutral. We're supposed to love God and show His love to the world. So when you polarize yourself, which is what the world elites want, they want you to be polarized. They want you to go either Muslim or Jew, and you side with either. And there's no tolerance for the other side, both ways. And from a Christian perspective, that's not where we're called. We're called to pray for both sides. And to be a a light and an example. Because if you polarize yourself, you're falling into the trap of exactly where the new world order wants you to be. 100%. And this whole thing is polarizing the, the religions, the two great religions. Yeah. Because Jews and, and Muslims are the two old main religions. Yeah. And because Christianity sides with Israel or has Israeli roots and Jewish roots, now they want to polarize all the believers into the Jewish camp. Safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. So how can you be an example? How can you be a believer and side and pray only for Israel and say it's fine? What about the ones in Palestine? What about those in the Gaza Strip who are being punished severely? Children are being killed in there. And there's no mercy. As you say, it's an age-old feud. But how can we as believers polarize? Where is the attractiveness? to us as believers, to the world, when you polarize yourself with Israel. You hang a flag outside your house, you've just polarized yourself, and you've taken away your witness as a believer. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say who your neighbor was. He didn't say if your neighbor is green or black or blue or Muslim or whatever, you can't love them. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And pray for your enemies. So to again, for believers to polarize to that extent is falling into the trap of this new world order. So well done for bringing up and being brave and bold to bring that center perspective where we as believers should be. Amen. 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 Amen.
Yeah, well. Oh. <laughs> testing, testing, testing. One, two. <laughs> well said, Uncle Mark. Um, yeah, to what he was saying with the idea of being polarized, <clears throat> and to what you said, Pastor Bash, with this becoming a war with no borders. Now, how do we approach Muslims or anyone that's on the side that's not of Israel as Christians serving the same God that the Israels or the Israelites serve? Because our God is the same. The difference is that they don't believe in the Messiah that we do. But now, how do we paint the same picture to someone like a Muslim who is saying, but you serve the same God? Now, your God is now telling them to kill all of us, but now you're saying that he shouldn't be. It's a bit confusing. So if you could maybe just clarify on what our perspective should be on that. Yeah, look, I think that's a great question, actually, because all that stuff, you know, does sort of come up. Um, unfortunately, with that, those discussions are never as short as we'd like them to be. You know what I'm saying? Because there's, there's quite a lot of back and forth research, you know, uh, exchanging of ideology, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, uh, in, in we look at the message of the gospel, is that Christ's emphasis is that none should perish. You with me? Now, we hold to that belief that none should perish. If there are other beliefs in different uh, religions that should say, no, those must perish, then that's not our issue. We're saying none must perish, and this is what Christ is saying. Are you with me? Now, whether people will accept that or not, that's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? And I think all of us have that experience with that, that when we say none must perish, no, but you don't know. But you, It's like, listen. But the emphasis is this, is that we must yield to Christ to lead us. You understand what I'm saying? Because what's the age-old statement? History repeats itself. You know, these cycles have been going for years and years and years and years, centuries, right? It's only when we yield to Christ in light of the gospel that we can actually become peacemakers. You with me? Because who do we fight for? Who is the one who can judge righteously? Because right now, Israel or Palestine or whoever else, whatever, right, like we mentioned earlier, they're big players here who always have selfish motives. So everyone's going to set up their arguments, but the truth is we understand that we only can uh, um, see clearly when we lay down our arguments. You understand what I'm saying? We have to lay down our arguments and we have to submit to Christ. Because you see, Christ's motive is that everyone must live. That's his motive, his objective, you know? And that helps. So the big problem is, like we teach you in this church all the time, if you don't know how to rightly divide the word, this is where you would get confused, okay? So the big problem is the church is siding with Israel because they go, no, but we get taught about Israel in the Old Testament. And now because we've come from Israel, we are a part of Israel. We've been grafted into Israel Roman, in the book of Romans, okay? I think it's 11. And yes, we have been saved through the instrumentality of the Jews, but we are not the Jews. Okay, we must understand that. So number one problem is nobody's rightly dividing the word. Number two is if you actually read the Bible, I'm not talking about you guys, I'm just saying you as, you know what I mean. So <laughs> if you actually read the Bible, to take the side of the Jews, you're actually helping them get slaughtered. Because it's the fight for the temple. Amen? It's the temple of David. Temple of Solomon. God's eternal temple. Just by the way, if you go read the Bible, God never told him to build a temple. 
David looked upon the tent, sat in his palace, and out of his self-righteousness, he said, how can God live in a tent and me live in a palace? And he, out of his own work of flesh, put himself under stress to the point where he couldn't even sleep anymore because he was so gung-ho of trying to build a home for God. Centuries later, Stephen, Apostle Stephen, this is what he says. He says, who will build God a home? God says, the earth is my footstool, the heaven is my home. What man can build a home for me? Did I not create all things? And then Stephen, just before the Jews stoned him to death, they shut their ears because he said, you have tried to build a temple for God, something that God didn't even ordain, something that Jesus called a den of thieves. Hello? We want to make it about holy temples. Jesus himself called it a den of thieves. Stephen turns around and he says to them, for your forefathers have rejected the Holy Spirit over and over again. And they shut their ears to hang on to their physical temple, their physical religion, their physical reign to be better than other people. And what they do is they stone him to death. Are you with me? It's not about the temples either, because a lot of people are going to say, but it's all about the temple. God needs to come back. Do you know what's going to happen? Three and a half years after they build the temple, the Antichrist is going to put himself in there. So you're fighting all these people to have three and a half years in a temple and then you get slaughtered by them. That's what the scripture says. But now the church is backing them up. Are you doof? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? They're going to have their temple for three and a half years. The Antichrist will set himself up in their temple. He will turn on them. He will stop the sacrifices. And then the Bible says the blood of the Israelites will run from east to, I don't know, what's, what's the word? There's something like a couple of kilometers. That, that, no, yeah, but there's a couple of kilometers that won't be stained by the blood through the wrath of the, the, the Antichrist on the Jews. Why? Because they receive him as their Messiah. But you want to go and fight with them as a Christian. Wake up, read the Bible. Like that old Greek pastor, he says, are you serious? Are you literally serious about what you're saying and doing as a Christian? Amen? Come on. Get to know the word. Understand who you are. You are not a Jew. You are not a Gentile. You are a child of God through the Messiah's blood, Jesus Christ. Let's give him a shout of praise. Come on. We are on time for the first time. Uh, it's like five minutes. Anyone else want to close off? Miranda, you don't have something to say today. No, why not? Epa. <laughs> Anyone else? Mike? Oh, Grant. You want to? Okay. Um, I just wanted to encourage everybody to not get um, captivated by the media. You know, we've had a good few years where the narrative was constantly pushed, and it was a very false narrative. And 
you, you can kind of see that they, they're doing the same thing with this Israel thing, with the, the reports and then further coming and recanting those reports and saying, no, it wasn't actually true. There was no slaughter of, 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 or beheading of babies and stuff like that. So they're pushing a narrative to, um, to get a reaction out of, especially Christians, I, I feel. Um, and then Christians are quick to forget that, I think it was just maybe about three, or three weeks to a month ago where Christians were on the streets of Jerusalem and the Jews were spitting at them and throwing stones and everything like that. And yet, we, yes, we, we love our enemies, but there's wisdom, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go and, uh, and want to be party to someone who's willing to spit and stone me, you know. So uh, my encouragement is just to, to see through the narrative, guys, and to always consult the Holy Spirit, you know, like how we did through, throughout COVID. He highlighted a lot of stuff to us where we said, okay, well, we have to, to navigate this thing very carefully. And I think that's going to be the same with this, this whole war. Um, these guys are pushing. They're pushing for, for this war. And scripture tells us that we know war is coming. So even more so now, we should be awake to say, okay, you know, if this is really what we're going into now, Lord, what do we do? You know? Guys, I'm going to end with this. They couldn't get it done with Ukraine and Russia. They wanted a new world war. They have to. They have to get it. They couldn't spark it because Putin played his chess, chess game too well for them. He's also evil. I'm not saying Putin was right. But everybody went and backed Ukraine, one of the most evil, despot countries in, on the planet. The whole West started putting flags out their houses, uh, outside their houses, wearing flag, T-shirts, go and, go and wipe out, go and do this, not understanding the entire history of the situation. They couldn't get it right there. Now they're drawing the Russians in with the Iranians and the Turkish, the Afghanis. They're drawing in the whole world. Everyone's taking a side. They need this war. And this is what they're doing. Amen? Not only about money or whatever, but it is to set up their end-time goals. Like Mark said, don't fall for it. Stay, stay at peace. Stay with the Holy Spirit. He is your paraclete. He is your helper. He will take you through this thing. Amen. Have an amazing Sunday, family. We love you lots. Let's give God one big round of applause. Amen.